Can anyone catch them, do you think? Uh, yes, of course. As unbelievable as it sounds, this is another Arsenal podcast that is the Away Gunners podcast. We bring news and reaction from Arsenal fans from all over the world. This is another episode of the Away Gunners podcast. If you like our content, please do like, share and subscribe to Away Gunners in all your social media platforms. On this episode of the Away Gunners podcast, me, Bob, Arun and Deepak are joined by the Arsenal YouTuber Gravity Gunner 14 about the decline of Arsenal football club. We talk in specific details about the points in Arsenal history that led to this decline. Do check out Hi everyone welcome to another episode of the Avagonas podcast uh, so i am your host vijay and uh, aka picasso so we have got the group back and we have got a guest today with us uh, gravity gunner the youtube channel uh, if you guys haven't checked that out uh, please do check it out it's an amazing channel he has got all the compilation videos of uh, player touches of games of a lot of things he do he he do a lot of things which is amazing and uh, without without talking anything further i would like to introduce him and hi uh, and let him introduce hi, himself hi, yeah hi, let, let us know a little bit about yourself yeah i'm gravity guna forcing him um, basically a very big arsenal fan i actually have um apart from my youtube channel i have a separate twitter account for just my arsenal posts and analysis and my thoughts and everything and i'm actually a partisan nation mate so i'm in ghana and basically uh, just doing my thing and just sharing up with the boys and joining up with other Arsenal fans just make it a very big experience so i've been supporting i'm Arsenal since my childhood but I became very 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 serious about Arsenal about 4 years ago when i was about to complete high school so looks like right now i'm into it and i don't think i'm going anywhere for now <laughs> once you are in you are in for your life mate yeah uh, <laughs> and and uh, it's it's a fitting uh, fitting addition to the awegunas podcast because he we we pride ourselves as being the people who are away from the london but still fans of the arsenal football club so in that sense uh, welcome to the group and uh, we you, do <laughs> we do have uh, bob back with us uh, hi bob how are you going good and uh, deepak hi hello guys and we have got arun uh, our celebrity podcaster uh, from the other, <laughs> from the other group back with us hi arun hello guys so today uh, since this is the international break we thought we would do something different we thought we thought we would go back and talk about what arsenal is and i'm calling this the fall of arsenal i mean which means that we have uh, fallen down from the rungs where we we were and that is true uh there's are, are are you guys anyone opposing that view that arsenal has fallen down from where they were or are you still i mean i'm not questioning whether we will rise back but i'm still saying that we have fallen down a bit is that a fair summary of things uh, are you sure just a bit <laughs> we i mean it depends on what you call it as a bit i mean we uh, i mean as a glass half full guy i could uh, kind of see that i could have i mean we could have fallen further back but 
we have fallen back. Um, so we would talk about this. What what are the things that has contributed in it, and what are the things that uh, you know that kind of blindsided us into believing? No, we are not making this fall. We are still doing better. Um, so there are a couple of things on my notepad here, but I would also like to hear other points from you guys. So I don't. I'll start with you regarding this, right? So the major milestone, the actual demarcation point is the last title win or the uh, last Champions League final season, right? And that, that, that point coincided with the move from Highbury to Emirates. Right. And uh, um, is that one of the major factors? Although it's not like a very important factor, if you look at it, oh, it's, a, it's just a stadium move. That's how it looks like. But the financial implications it, it brought, the, there has been talks about that Arsenal has lost its soul when it, when it moved from, you know, the stadium behind you to the stadium behind me. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way to second there. Yeah. Uh, so the, the Arsenal that we grew up watching, the Arsenal that we, we made, the, the, the gameplay that made us Arsenal fans, was with, it was sort of like a victim of your own success uh, situation, you know, like the fact that we were we were doing well, we were like being the becoming the champions of England, uh, we were going on these uh, unbeaten runs and all that meant that we were playing Champions League football more regularly. So all of a sudden, from a point where the only big club in England was United in the nineties, there was another addition, you know, like we became a prominent big club. Uh, which which was uh, competing with the heavyweights, not just of England, but was also like trying, at least we, we had never had a stellar record in the championship, but at least we were competing. And for a club of our size and stature at that point, with whatever we were doing, the best thing that Wenger probably did was uh, make us global, you know, like again, the fact that we were winning uh, and at that point uh, the Premier League was actually becoming more global with like telecast rights and everything meant that there was a huge opportunity that uh, we were uh, tapping in on but then there were uh, there was a lot more that we could possibly do and that's what led to the plans to actually move to a bigger stadium because the idea was that again uh, United was a big club we were a big club and there was no other big clubs at that point and the idea was that that was set to continue. <laughs> well, mm -hmm. In came Roman Abramovich and, and the entire footballing landscape changed, you know. So people were not really prepared for it. Uh, in, in a sense, it made perfect, uh, uh, it was the perfect move to actually go to a new stadium. You know, the club is growing. You are uh, thinking about the future. You are already like on the global map. It's not like you're known only in England or only in Europe. You are known like from... Uh, the west coast of Canada and Vancouver, where you are, to probably like, you know, the east coast of the rest of the world, like somewhere in Japan where the sun first rises. So we had become a global brand and becoming a global brand meant that we, uh, we had an opportunity to gain more revenue. You know, like it was basically maximizing leveraging on all that and trying to build the stadium, like you said. Yeah, the, that, the, the idea makes sense. I mean, yeah. when, when they put that up, right? Like when, when they put that Emirates Stadium as the as the next home, it made sense because the numbers that they put up was right. a 1 million increase with every yeah. game. And so that's, that's like, 30, 30. Like I said, it, we were not accounting for Roman Abramovich, right? At that <laughs> point, no one not, could have predicted. 
No, not not just that, right? Even even if you consider, like, if even if the numbers that they have put in, right? They said that one million a game. That's how much we would get more than what we were getting at Highbury. That's what that was the number was, and suddenly the TV money came in, and the you know the bottommost team is now getting a hundred million a year. Hundred no, million. No, actually, year. that was not during those times. No, that's the thing. I was just about to say that. Yeah, for that, for things to change from there being two big clubs to every club getting a portion of the revenue, it took a lot of time. You know, so from being that's when it became like from being four clubs, two clubs having an advantage to four clubs having an extra advantage to six having an advantage. Now, uh, clubs do have a bit of an advantage, but it is not as uh, this the disparity between the amount of money that the clubs have is not the same as what it used to be before. We didn't want to get lost in that race, and that's exactly why we made the move. You're right. Um, they they did give us numbers saying that we'd be making a lot more revenue, but then we should have been wary coming from India, where we've always been scammed by politicians who tell us that they <laughs> give us they, they they project all these numbers. So we should have been wary, but then that was our problem. Um, but yeah, the 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 biggest thing that actually. In my opinion, that that uh, prevented us from actually reaping the benefits of uh, what we were trying to get or what we were trying to achieve. In my head, was mainly uh, the acquisition of uh, Chelsea by Abramovich. You mm. know that that in my head like completely changed everything. So it was no longer uh, principled or following a model. There was no nothing. You know, like it it was not something that was seen in England before, where you had like an owner bankrolling everything and buying every player that he could see. Uh, so that like made it sort of increase the level of competition, brought a new player into the picture. I, I think David Dean mentioned something like uh, shooting uh, 50, 50 pound notes across the lawn. That's what Roman Abramovich was doing. Mm-hmm. But uh, Gigi, uh, so the, the question is, right, when, when the move was happening, especially when, when Highbury to Emirates happened, it, it, it happened, it doesn't happen, those things. So let's put a hindsight on it. If we had, so the move took, 200 to 300 million pounds. If we had that money and if we had put that into somewhere else, would we have been like, say, a Leicester or would we have? This is a hypothetical situation, right? Where you think what would have happened if this doesn't happen, right? So, what is the best situation that we could have had with the move or without the move? Well, then that will go back, back down to the owners or whoever is going to manage the club, especially with the finances. But I believe that um, the move actually had to happen because we needed to expand. The fans wanted to see, a lot of fans wanted to see the matches. More people wanted to come into the stadium. And then the club would have made more money from a lot of people watching the club. So it was a necessary move and it had to happen because I'm sure it goes to a point Highbury wasn't able to accommodate us. But we had to be so quick enough to settle the debts and then get into Emory Stadium, settle our debts start build, rebuilding from there and just get on quickly. Instead of getting to um, Emirates and saying that we all we come by, we just sit around, buy very young, young players, bring people from the academy, buy, uh, how should I say, low-profile players and come and upgrade them. And it became very hectic because we kept, we kept doing that for a long time. It was helping other clubs instead of ours. So I, I'm sure that, that would be a different topic as to the number of sales that we did. But I think in overall, the, the management that we did after we moved to the Emirates Stadium as well has actually cost us a lot because we made a lot of money from the stadium and I don't think we used the money the right way. 
yeah, yeah. It's, it's a combination of a, a lot of things coming together at the same time, right? Yeah. If, you, if you look at the things, um, I mean, if you look back at the things, um, 2006 is when we moved out of Highbury into Emirates. And it was also the time when, when one of our most influential figures at the back of the club, David Dean, I mean, he left um, in April 2007, which yeah. also had a huge part in the losses. I'm, I'm sure we would we would not go, you know, without without touching the topic at some point in time. But but that also it it was strange turn of events during that time, you know, as like what Arun mentioned, um, Abramovich came in and none of us really know what he was going to do until he started doing what he's doing now. <laughs> so he um, just bought um, everyone, but. Um, yeah, Wenger, so, Wenger uh, in many ways, he, he was hoping that, you know, I mean, during the late 2000, um, late 2000s, he was hoping that financial play would come into his rescue and then he would be coming out as the single most, you know, prolific <laughs> manager in the whole of uh, the football history, thinking that everyone would follow below the line and only for him to actually succeed in that regard. But then none of these things has happened, as we know. But, but but actually, uh, uh, Gravity Guna, Gigi made a really great point in that. And I, I would ask Deepak the question about what he made, right? Like the owners has to take a blame in this, like especially Casey came in at 2008 or something, right? And when he mentioned that, yes, the move was necessary, but it's about how we manage the move after that cost, the, that, that started at least the whole thing. Right. Yeah. We can blame we can blame Abramovich as much as we want, Deepak. But still, right? Um, it's it's also our un, our own undoing. And KSE uh, didn't do much. Yeah, they didn't like they didn't do much during the initial stages because they gave total control to Wenger. He was the one who handled everything. They they just sat back and like gave the full power to Wenger. Yeah, so for, I mean, I mean, for we, me, the main reason was like. Uh, it was always the players we had and we couldn't sell them properly and buy players properly. We are like in Liverpool situation. They were like like us for five, six years back or like let's say four years back. They, they, they changed completely because of just one sale. They sold Coutinho and brought like really good players. We couldn't even make one sale for more than 50 million. We had like so many world-class players during the initial stages. We sold Van Persie for 30 million when he, he could have gone for 60 or 70 million and we could have bought really good players with that money. We sold Fabregas. We sold Nasri for peanuts. So it has always been the management how it, it was run. And even though like Wenger made us like... Uh, popular around the world and as a brand we are right now he he is also this he also should take the blame like almost like 50 percent of the blame for our downfall as well because he was given the total control but but buying uh, but buying and selling uh, he cannot just like keep on blaming the owner and owner owner took a decision and they gave power to Wenger to run the club and Wenger like also like as much as he did good things for Arsenal, he did the same thing which brought us down to this situation. So, so let's put that into a box, right, uh, Deepak? Especially, you, you mentioned about the buying and selling. It's not Wenger in general that was the mistake in that sense. Like, if you consider the buying and selling part of it, right? 
he did get a lot of good players. He did get like, we didn't know who uh, Fabricus was, who Arshavin was, who Nasri was, but he got these players out of like nothing. Like Chesney became a great player and I mean, good player at least under him. Yeah, like all these yeah, went, went these ahead and players did. become good, but did, did it like help us in any way in the trophies? No. Like, not, not by selling, not by selling, as in like we are, we, uh, that was not the plan, right? That was not Wenger's plan when he got these players. His idea was not that we would get these players, we would make them uh, good and then we'll sell them and then buy stars. That was not the plan. The plan was that we'll have these players for a long time where they would help and compete. When they went to another team and helped them compete, instead of that, what Wenger was thinking or what Arsenal was thinking that these players would play for Arsenal and compete for Arsenal. And that yeah, didn't that, happen. That didn't happen because we never had a complete team. So whose problem was that? It was the coach's problem. He should have identified like which are the uh, areas we need improvement. Uh, like when we had Fabregas, Nasri and anyone, we had like Chamak and Bentner as a striker and Van Persie was always injured. So in that case, what should we have done? You should have gone out and bought in a proven goal scorer like we were always after Benzema for one, two, three, four seasons. You could have clearly... We are still it. after Benzema. We are still now. after Benzema. There's still a possibility. <laughs> in that so, yeah. like So, it is the problem of a coach, I would see, like, clearly. If you know, like, a team has, like, uh, a gap somewhere, you just go out and buy. Even, like, we did... Uh, what think, was the um, transfer season? Like, we had... Sorry, like, sorry, I, I beg to slightly differ here. So we don't know um, how much of an owner KS is. And just to give you guys an all perspective, right? Since the time that he has joined in, he has never invested any of his personal money into the club so far. And even after, you know, even after he all, he is the not entitled to like just that like done that. Um, yeah, I um, can for, agree. Bob. For all the reasons, if if we wanted the club to be successful, the the way that Arsenal were at one point in time, to the way the, the glory heights that they were, um, and the owner that we have got in is a complete opposite of what um, he's he's just a money sucking machine in my regard, and then he he just tends takes every possible reason for him to take a, I mean every possible reason for him to take the money out of the club. Um, and by him, by his son joining the board of directors and then earning a salary and all those sort of things, just, uh, they're making more money out of the club um, and using the name and fame to actually gain recognition from things. And at the back of it, what I what I think of, right, um, out of think that, you know, basically he wouldn't have had um, any funds for Wenger and all that Wenger had to do was just to go around shopping players at, at a at a cheaper price and then you know in the possibility of making them superstars at a point in time that's what i think would have happened um i mean that's as i also told that you know i mean there, there's been days when Yazidis has come out and said oh now we can now go on to sign anyone um which means that their hands were tied at one point in time that they couldn't have even gone for decent strikers and things actually uh GG, the, 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 he Bob made an interesting point right there. Like owners are not not all owners are like Abramovich, but but still, owners have a lot of a lot of stake in how a club is run. And if you consider Arsenal has become a bigger club in terms of like 
fan stature and in terms of reach and other stuff, marketing has been absolutely fantastic when it comes to our stuff. So those are part of owner's job too, which means they were able to do those things, but they were not able to do the on-pitch stuff. Do you think owners made that big of an impact in Arsenal's decline? Um, yeah, but it's it's a lot more than that. Uh, it's, uh, it's a whole lot. It's it's something that's been coming because of how the club is being managed. And of course, the owners will definitely come in there if uh, we, we talk about it. And the point is that nobody really cares about whatever is happening behind the scenes, whatever reasons, whatever is happening. All we need is that the football club is on the pitch. Goals are scored, points are won, uh, trophies are picked. Otherwise, you're just in for the banter because every time your team is playing well, your players are going here, you're, you're getting sponsors. I think basically that's that's one of the targets of the owners right now. They are more interested in, in, in getting the business side of Arsenal rather than getting everything together to ensure that what is on the pitch is better. So the end product of whatever decisions that is being made is partly between, at that time, as Bob Bradley said, between us and Venga and the owners at the time. Because you don't expect to sell your big players like Cesc Fabregas when he's getting... I, I, I still feel like at Arsenal, Fabregas wasn't at his prime yet because he had built his youth around the Arsenal style of play and he was getting towards his prime. And then we sold him to Chelsea to go and fit, to play in a different system. And because of how good a player he is, he adapted so quickly. And that's the football side of it. You sell Van Persie to teams that a team that you are competing for a trophy with. You are in the same Premier League with Manchester United. You are one to the win. the 20th Premier League. You want to win the Premier League and you sell your striker to the team that you are competing with. And it's it just because I look at all the big, big players that we had at the time and we, we sold almost all of them because I can start from Gary Clichy because I was I was very young when Clichy was playing for Arsenal. So all of a sudden I saw that Clichy was in Manchester City. And then to me at that time it was just two weeks and now she was in Manchester City as well. Osley Chamberlain wanted to leave because it got to a point that um, the club wasn't really interested in getting trophies and the players wouldn't have anything to talk about when they are old. If you don't have anything to speak of in terms of trophies, obviously the players will leave. So if you don't invest so much as a manager and then we give the power to um, Wenger and then whatever makes up is there, we don't get the end results with trophies, then it means the club is making a very huge mistake because I don't think that Wenger would decide to sell his big players if the owners are giving him the money to keep them in the club. Because yeah. one of the problems that our managers have had um, subsequent years is that eventually when the team is being built around a particular player and then we are doing well, then that player is sold. So even when it got to the point that we had just Alex Song in the team, Barcelona just came and then we just sold it. So who are we keeping? Who, who are we building our team around? How many players would have played in the club for a number of years for others to come and join in? So you buy these players, you get these sets of players, and then you reinforce one problem that I actually have with the Abramovich situation is that they bought the players and they weren't ready to give the players much um, patience for whatever reason to get the best out of them. So you buy Kevin De Bruyne, you don't wait for him to develop and then just sell him off. You buy Mohamed Salah, you don't wait for him to develop, you just sell him off. And they don't have a problem with that because even in that decision that they, they took, 
they are still getting the results from the players that they have currently in the squad. So if you are Arsenal Football Club and you still keep buying players, selling players, whatever business deals you are doing, and you are not winning the trophies, and over a 22-year stretch, you have just three Premier Leagues, Whoever is going to be blamed, I don't I don't really have a problem with whoever is going to be blamed, but the trophies and the end results on the pitch should be clearly seen for all the everybody mm. around to see. That's a very interesting point you put up there, right? Like uh Deepak, I mean to counter uh, your point, like exactly what GG said right now, right? Like exactly that that was my point. We did have these players, we sold them. That shouldn't be the only concern for us. I mean, if you consider what what he said, right? Like, if you consider that this team, we they even took away Vermalen, they took away Alex Song, they took away these players who are not like world beaters. They are not like these are not going to be any of these players are not going to be a, a, a Coutinho-like transfer, right? Van Persie was a Coutinho-like transfer, yes, but but other than that, like Van Persie and Fabregas, Nasri, if you take those three away, every other transfer was not supposed to be any big transfers. We shouldn't be impacted that much by selling these players. We should be able to, like, so we should have been able to do what Chelsea did. They sold De Bruyne, they sold uh, Salah, but still they were able to build a team on top of that. <laughs> they right? sold so, Salah and De Bruyne, and they had others in the team. Did we have others in the team? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. but that, but that is that is not the problem from uh, the manager's end, right? I mean, that's not the selling part of it. That's the problem. That's the buying part of it. That's the problem. And even no, when we bought, okay. even when we bought, say, let's say, okay, even if we bought Alex uh, Alexis Sanchez, we bought Mesedozel. We did those transfers too. But that is what I am saying. I, I said right. We bought players, but we never had a complete team. Ozil was always a luxury signing. You didn't never need an Ozil in that team. You bought an Ozil and you gave what team for him? You didn't have like a proper striker for him until you signed Abu Maya. And Ozil like started declining around that time. When you bought an Ozil, you should have bought him like a proper striker for him to play with. That has been always... Don't you think Wenger would have bought a proper striker if the owners had invested enough for the club to have that money? Exactly. Yeah, so we we were behind uh, we were behind Higuain at that point in time when he was about to leave Napoli, and Arsenal were just less than five million in their valuation. Oh come on, Bob! I don't believe these things. Like we keep hearing, like we were one million behind valuation. We keep hearing two million behind this valuation. <laughs> because that's what reality. That's what we been pinching. Sorry, sorry, Deepak. Deepak, go ahead. This statement was given by Wenger. He said like we were 5 million behind the valuation. How come you wouldn't believe him? I mean, Wenger talks a lot of uh, shit to the media. I mean, if you remember, <laughs> if, you, if you remember, I think, uh, I think back in 2005 or something, he mentioned, oh, we wouldn't be able to sign uh, players from third division, French second division and stuff like that. And then he signs Koscielny from uh, France second division. So, I mean, I have never taken Wenger to the media that seriously. But 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 that's the thing. Like, we did have a squad. We, we are not like, we did, and, and, yeah, go okay, ahead. Okay, can, can, can I, can I? Can yes, I jump in, jump in, jump in. I had a point in here. Uh, yeah, we are all talking about the money and like the amount of money that is not being spent and all that. It is not about spending a lot of money to buy a lot of players, but it's just about spending the right money to buy quality players, which we never did, which we never did. 
uh, we got a Thomas Vermal in I think in 2007 or something. He was supposed to be like the next big thing. We were all happy, uh, and like you said, you brought the Christian example perfectly. Uh, when when we need better players, you go to better situations to get those players. You don't go to the second division, get a Christianly for six million, be happy that you have a guy you got for six million who's going to come good ten years later. That's not what you want to fix the club at that point. You know, it 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 reflected our ambitions at that point. We wanted to be the fourth best in a league where there were four teams, and achieving maybe, that was maybe, not difficult. Sorry, sorry to step in here, Arun. Maybe our fortunes could have been much different had we won that 2011. um calling cup final against birmingham city i i don't uh, know if a, uh, i i who brought us to the downfall but then quite ironic in that regard but but yeah um had had we won against us um at the birmingham city with with the kids that we all had at the point in time things could have turned out absolutely different i i i would again i would again beg to differ on that we we did wait for a trophy till 2014 we won the 2014 fa cup In fact, since then we've just regressed. I I do not know if one trophy win, if it, like one trophy win at that point, if it really did mean uh, what it has to to the club, like you know, like all the trophy drought and everything, we would be finding ourselves in a totally different position right now. We wouldn't be like talking about top six. We would be like in the Champions League, playing in the Champions League every season. That one thing changing the fortunes of the club. We were led to foolishly believe that that was what's going to happen. We were led to foolishly believe that uh, there's one. Uh, Arun, well, I have a problem. That's the thing is, you see, um, a team like I don't know, probably because they are in a different league, but you see a team like Borussia Dortmund. Borussia Dortmund is actually carrying um a tradition just like uh, Arsenal at the time, because they will build a player. For about ten years, like Lewandowski, and just sell him to Bayern Munich. So it was basically the same mistake that they are doing. But I feel like Borussia Dortmund would definitely allow the player to play for some time and sell him for a very expensive price. Because look at the amount that they sold Jadon Sancho for for ninety five million. So with that amount of money, you'll be able to buy at least two or three players. And I'm sure I I totally yeah, agree with you. Yeah, they would they wouldn't try to um stop uh what's his name uh this England international uh. Uh, Bellingham. Bellingham. Jude Bellingham. Jude Bellingham. They wouldn't stop. They wouldn't stop Jude if he wants to leave the club because they know they will allow Not him to play to a point. Yeah, you relax. We come to Holland. That's a different issue. But <laughs> for Jude, Jude, they will allow Jude to grow to a certain level, give him that exposure to exceeding height, and then sell him because at least he would have played a little bit into his prime, and they'll get good money for him. Because right now, if you take sixty for Jude, I'm not sure they will take it. But right now, I'm scared because now that we have this Newcastle takeover, will Arsenal sell Bukayo Saka if they receive an offer of about 150 million pounds? That's a very that's a very big question. But right now that the club is being built around Saka at this point, if you're a football club and you sell Saka, the club is in trouble. Yeah. So I'll. So, I'll, I'll Uh, the, the maintenance culture in selling the players is what is very difficult for us. You sell a Fabregas, who do you bring in? Yeah, that's that was going to be my point. Like you're talking exactly. about that's it's, it's the expectations. Like you did bring about uh, the point about Dortmund, but they do play in a league where there's just one other team that is better than them on paper yeah, and on the pitch. Exactly. 
So that their realistic possibilities of finishing is in in the top four is way higher than what ours is. Because yeah. like yeah, they you have like two to three teams to compete with. Um, just let's let's just like now that we're talking about like you know replacements, dude. I'm pretty sure all of you guys remember that one window where we signed five players in ten hours within twenty four hours for fifty million. That's unforgettable. But the thing is, out of the five players who who we signed, whom would you actually call world class? Santi. Sorry. Santi because Santi in a hindsight yes but yeah. when we were signing he was not world class world class that's that's my point we were replacing world class players instead of replacing world class players with at least like players who would be good enough for the league we were replacing them with mediocrity which just kept going down and down and down with every window you mean there's no there, there's no explanation for this but but you have okay so i I'll, i'll cut you there uh, i mean we we know that we know that even though the leicester city win of the title is kind of like a very uh, you know very outside chance which yeah. might not happen again i mean spurs had a better team than that leicester team in that season and they didn't win it uh, they screwed up i mean we we are happy that so did we so did we we could have won the league we yeah. could have won the league we screwed up as well yeah but 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 so, again again during that phase from leicester's win till you know pochettino left spurs had a very good team let's not let's not kid ourselves they they had a really good team which could compete with like which went on to the finals of champions league we hate spurs that is true and everything but they had a better team but that is not enough in this league it's not enough that you have a quality team you have to have a quality backup you have to have a manchester city team right now or a liverpool team right now or or chelsea team or right now chelsea yeah, yeah yeah so they you have to not just have good 11 that's how the 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 league has transpired you know we need to have a proper coach first of all <laughs> right now we are still trying to find a coach who can like take us there arteta <laughs> might be that person but i don't know like whether he can deepak alone deepak has to get in an arteta uh, dig at any episode because <laughs> <laughs> But but again, yeah. like because so the, just the point that you brought up, like we've not had a even a good starting eleven that yeah. we can be confident about, or a starting fourteen fifteen that we can be confident about since two thousand and six. Since two thousand and six, yeah. We, so, we, so. we 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 thought it was like great having uh, mediocre players back then because we were still like under the illusion that we were a big club and we were still playing in the Champions League. once we got out of the champions league we were completely shown up you know like we were shown with the kind of team that we were we were shown like the kind of players that we had and everyone they we if you want to be in the race i always keep saying this if you want to be in the race you have to keep constantly running everyone overrun us we are still like you know just waiting at the start line and we still call ourselves a big club so But you know what? that that would probably be a different topic altogether because i feel like we had it coming with the mediocrity levels we had it coming you go into you we we finished up for yeah we went to champions league we went we were battered and we brought back home and we are happy oh we went to champions league instead of actually getting <laughs> a squad getting a squad that was ready enough to try and win it how many times did you go into the semi finals actually have a problem with barcelona for what they did but even after <laughs> those years you know we 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 just went into the champions league because we had qualified we've been given the chance as premier league team finishing in top 4 and top 4 is like a trophy for from all the years how many trophies all the european competitions that we have played how many trophies can you show for that who actually even remembers if we played in those competitions or not because it became a football tradition of just 
passing very nicely, scoring very goals, pluscas and all those things without trying to win anything because we never built a squad that was ready enough to win anything. I, I, so, I, would, I, would, I, would, yeah. I would also like to quote the the terrible luck that we have in, in some of these runs we've had in the past. Like, for example, um, you, you mentioned that it, we never had a squad good enough to, you know, um, compete on against bigger teams. But if I go back again to that ill-fated 2011 season where we were playing against Barcelona and we are almost had our foot there in the next round, only be to be taken back due to that stupid decision by the referee to give Van Persie a red card. Which year was yeah. this, Bob? Do you remember? Do you remember? Was it 2011? 2011. What did we do the next year? Exactly. That is the one source of complication. Because, because, wait, because, wait, wait. Tottenham, re relax. Tottenham went to the Champions League final. They actually beat Manchester City, went into the final for Poch to make a very ridiculous situation of bringing Kane into the squad to lose that game. And that is where all these problems about Tottenham is happening. Because if Tottenham had won that Champions League, I'm sure Tottenham will be able to chat with Arsenal because they would have had an European trophy and we wouldn't. Because if they had won it, they would have kicked on the next season. But because of how they have struggled to get there and still managing not to win it, that is where all the club's problems all started coming out, the disbelief in the manager and all those. So if you are a manager and you're able to right, take your players that high, get a chance to win something and you don't win it, that brings that is why I think I'll give Ateta a chance because he's proven that when he gets there, he will try, at least, even if he's not the man for the job, he will try to win it no matter what it takes. Because he played exactly entirely defensive for the semi-final and the final just to manage to win it and kick on to win the community show to allow the fans to have some amount of belief in him. Because if he hadn't won those two trophies, you and I know that he would have been out by now. But because he had that on his record, he's, he's going to stay. Because if Emery had won the uh, the Europa League just like uh, yeah in the final he did at Villa he would have just kicked on like, yeah, nobody yeah, was yeah, sure. chatting about Emery by now he would have just kicked on brought that that shape into the Champions League brought that into the Premier but, League because it happens look at Liverpool they won the Champions League they kicked on into the Premier but, League but, and they but, won it yeah Same for Chelsea. But, but Gigi, so, but in that sense, right, what Bob was <laughs> mentioning makes kind of sense for me, like, especially Bob, if you consider, right, what Gigi is saying is that if we would have won something, then we would have kicked on. But that is the problem. And we are not winning because of we didn't have an ambition right there. We didn't yeah. do anything after that. That's a problem. But for example, the 2008, when Eduardo had his leg, leg break, that season, it was something that we cannot do anything because the, the January window was shut. We didn't have anything else to do because Van Persie was already injured and Eduardo was playing good, but he was injured. So now we do, we cannot fix the situation right now because it's a bad luck situation, right? The, yeah. In the same way how last season when Arteta was uh, like last season or the season before, when Partey comes in, we feel that the team is complete and then Partey goes on to in, uh, goes on injured. And we are not able to see him for some time. We play that, we, if he had not played that uh, Spurs game, he would have played. He would have stayed fit. Whatever we say after the December, we had a good run. If we had party before that, if we had a fit and running party for that duration, we could have done something in Europa League. 
we could have done something that, in a that in a circle that circles around the earlier point that you mentioned vijay that we had a fit 11 and we were hoping for the fit 11 to last through the season and even if one one of the players in any one of these positions goes out we don't have a plan b unfortunately there is no one good enough to even be a backup i mean when we had eduardo injured i think uh, we signed a nicholas bentner at that year and he was actually brought in for games um, as an impact sub and all those sort of things and he was trying to hold up things when we didn't have a striker um, the season after when um, i think it was in 2009 when ashavin joined he was made the central striker he was never a striker at all um, he came in as a midfielder or a winger and he is more suited to that and then um, when we didn't have any fit strikers to actually put on he was being asked to do that role that he was not comfortable with and he, we we carried on with our luck during many of these games i mean you could rue the fact that um, things didn't quite work out our way in some of these important games and then you know people getting injured at the wrong time um that's a, that's that's something right like there is a lot of that happening in arsenal like even if, if, even if, last if season when about illuck right my illuck um out say that the bad omen started with us during the 50th game of the unbeaten season when rooney just dived himself to get a penalty which um mr roy converted i i it just psychologically affected the team i would say I mean I, even I now even now e- even now last season i think when uh, smithro was played as number uh, false nine right that is because we didn't have anyone else to play the yeah. only other option we had was pepe i think right the only other option we had was nicola pepe to be put on uh, on a false nine we didn't have any other options to play oh, there uh, i think what was i talking about i talking about the europa league yes the europa league that was a mistake because we had we had players to play we did already we had like that we had yeah we had players to play i i think that that decision was one of the decisions that i really don't agree with because i think it was just a mistake on atletas park just trying to copy you know his balls tried it in the champions league you know yeah. but he he shouldn't he shouldn't have done that because <laughs> Should, they, well, I think it should be definitely a different podcast for us to discuss because if we start talking about it, it will be a whole different thing. So you, let's just move on. Deepak, Deepak's waiting for that, you know, that podcast for a long time because he wants to have a go at Arteta. But oh, yeah. um, the, the biggest other thing would be the injuries. We always had bad luck with injuries. Any good player who comes and joins us, he, he turns up injured. Fade was never injured in Atletico Madrid. He he missed max 10 games in 3 seven seasons. 7 games. 7 games is what? 7 games in 3 seasons with uh, Madrid. And he he comes to Arsenal and he misses like 20 25 games in one single season. Like we are truly cursed in that sense. Like, when it comes to but well, that, that is why the, the importance of squad depth comes inside. Because if you have more players on the bench, you you're already you already brought one player from the academy. He's already understanding party. He just goes off and just puts him in, and it's that simple. And most of the clubs have actually, you, Aaron, you don't think so? No, yeah. I do, I do. I'm I'm just agreeing. Ah, I'm I'm just yeah. saying like when you, it's like I was just thinking when you go for an exam, you you try to. go like fully prepared for the exam you don't go in half prepared and then blame the rest on luck or blame the rest on like you know mem- your memory failing yeah. you yeah, cannot yeah, do yeah. that you need Because... a proper system as well to like just other players to come in and like play like that Let, let's take liverpool for example last season they had like 
like literally their backline was out but still they managed to finish fourth which is like a, a great achievement for them they know what they are like literally like their academy players so they had a proper system like we don't we chop and change in every single game and everyone nah, could come in and perform deepak we actually have a problem with that because if liverpool had decided to actually invest in squadrons and buy a proper center back instead of bringing um, kabak then they would have had a quite a nice shape to deal with even when they had, had those injuries yeah. but that's what so fans would actually jubilate over that fourth position and celebrate it as a trophy but fourth position is not good enough because we are all challenging for the league actually and then you get fourth of the league and you are happy that you are going to champions league come on mate if you, if you look, look at, at it, how we... and say, um if if we finish the fourth uh, i mean <laughs> if we finish in fourth spot right away then i would take it without even blink i would i would give my kidney <laughs> to get a fourth position <laughs> finish this season i feel like if you set your 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 season goals on finishing fourth then you finish eighth but if you set your season goals on finishing first then you can finish fourth and know that you will fail so you have to kick on the next season but right now you you set your goals on finishing third and you finish seventh and because you don't get any recreational uh, qualification from that you feel like well oh we have failed but thanks be to god we we, we couldn't we didn't play in the conference league and that's good enough for us because what is happening in our squad right now if we were to be playing a conference league the whole team would have suffered yeah yeah, yeah that's true but uh, but let's uh, let's put a lid on this so one one last thing that you guys want to add to to the discussion uh, anything you could add but one question for me is what is that one point that defined arsenal's decline for me it was when we sold van persie to united that showed that we are no longer ready to compete for the title we are ready to give our best player to someone else who's going to win the title that means we conceded from you know fighting for the title that was my point where i thought okay this is the point where arsenal has decided that we are declined like it's no longer a, a, a in process decline it is like done we have declined at that point so like that if you if i want to go through like deepak what was your point where you thought okay arsenal has declined now uh selling ses fabrics Oh, that, that early, <laughs> that yeah. early. <laughs> he 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 was supposed to be the like the model how arsenal is supposed to play and supposed like the, the team is built around and you just take him away and give him oh he he wants to move and we just give him to barcelona and not replacing him with the same quality player who he was that was my thing Okay. and even when he wanted to come back we we had a pride that we don't want to sign him uh, he could have made a stupidest decision that i ever thought of <laughs> but 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 uh, bob uh, what is your point deepak said uh, fabrigas sale uh, i was on uh, van persie scale i mean you could you could go yeah, ahead yeah so i would think that not kicking on from uh, 2006 uh, champions league loss um, not really building upon that there could have been multiple factors but then we didn't we didn't really kick on from that and we just started regressing that was that was the highest point that we could have i mean i mean we didn't achieve but um, if i look at in hindsight look at the way liverpool bounced back from their final loss to win it next time so um, 
2006 Champions League loss and then not improving any further from that. Yeah. Gigi, what's your point where you thought... Well, I, I would have loved to agree with Bob, but I think I'll take it from the Fabregas point too. But my reason would probably be that whoever striker was going to come into Arsenal at that point was supposed to come and depend on Fabregas. So in his absence, you are not, you are clearly just stating that you're just going to pass the ball around without anybody to play that decisive pass for you because Fabregas is in the club and he doesn't see any future in it. He's not seeing any players that are being brought in to come and help him. And he sees a Barcelona where his older brother Lionel Messi was one the Ballon d'Or is right there and he would definitely try and leave so in a team like Arsenal we should always try to encourage our players that you actually have a project you have a plan you have something to do and then just kick on from that yeah that's a that's a very early ones everyone's going for are you going to go for uh, Wenger uh, leaving or <laughs> Whatever. Oh, oh my God! I think I'm gonna disappoint you here. Then <laughs> I, I'm going way earlier. Uh, for me, like it's 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 a tough decision between two things. One of them is like uh, uh, all three of you guys mentioned. It's the sale of uh, Fabregas and Nasri in the same window, especially after Wenger Wenger came out and said like if we do sell our best players in the same window, we are no longer qualify as a big club. And what happens is before the season begins or within the first three games, our two best players who are fit and playing are both sold. One in the same league and one in the other league. So that for me made no sense. And I was hoping that we would be getting like at least one quality backup and we did not. You know, for that for me made absolutely no sense. For that made it seem like the club was accepting that we're no longer there. You know, um, I, I, so the other option that I have is uh, the 2007 uh, run-up. The, the, we should, we had a great possibility of winning the league. I think we end up with 81 points with uh, uh, United 83 and Chelsea 85, if I'm not uh, uh, yeah. wrong. We were like uh, the pace setters, we were at the top of the league till the Eduardo leg break, uh, after which we completely collapsed, starting with the captain crying in the middle of the pitch. So for me, that season, nothing changed. You know, there was nothing that was done to put things back in order. After March, a Ferguson wouldn't have led them. Imagine a Ferguson at that situation. Can you even think of him losing the league from there? No. For me, that was a huge difference that like changed the mentality of the club. They were no longer competing for bigger things. When you finish third, it was taken as, okay, we were supposed to finish fourth, we finished third. Yay, let's go. So that came sort of became the attitude which continuously kept seeping in over and over. And before we realized, we find ourselves fighting for the eighth spot. Hmm. Anyway, you know? so so I guess uh, we'll put a lid on the discussion now because if we keep going down this rabbit hole, we would uh, <laughs> we would all keep getting hurt. But uh, thank you guys, thank you for joining. And uh, Gravity Gunnar fourteen, I want you to uh, once again tell you tell us tell our viewers about your YouTube channel and uh, where to follow you and stuff so that we would. Uh, uh -huh. you know. uh, all right. So um, Gravity Gunnar fourteen is the name of the channel. You can just check it out there. Just open it up, just look at the videos, look at the club that you love, uh, smash a like. You can actually see how um, Arsenal celebrates Arsenal victories now. When you go down the videos, because on top, I'm doing a lot of compilations up there because of the COVID, it's been long since we actually met together as a, a family to watch a football game and enjoy ourselves. So you can just look up the channel and check out the videos. And right now, I'm introducing a different um, content altogether where I just do um, skits of very important details of the matches that we missed. Uh, I, I did some some time ago because of copyright recording. So I'm just trying to piece around it and, and just see how the thing is going to be. And you can also follow me on Twitter, Gravity Gunner 14 as well. And you will see all my thoughts and everything that I have there. Yeah. 
yeah and awesome, we'll be having him as much as we can over here uh, and uh, getting his thoughts thank you thank you guys for joining in today it's been amazing uh, talking to you about this uh, hopefully we will meet again uh, in a very you know nicer situation regarding our stuff and that is the end of the pod for more arsenal related content please like subscribe and share to the awake owners podcast see you next week arsenal!